Osio and Teve. Hello. Halito, Chimichukma. What's up, all you cats and kittens and puppy dogs and mittens? Hope you're digging this music. This is the sounds of Mike Bone. But more on that later. Now, real quick, like, we're gonna drop a little info about this show. Let you know what kind of trouble you're getting yourself into. What's going on is that we're just a bunch of indigenous peeps who have some knowledge about indigenous stuff, and we like to talk about it. So we're going to pop up on your podcast channel every once in a while and chat it up, and mostly we're going to talk about the things we watch on our screens. That's movies, TV, and all things in between. Our intent is to get these shows out to you every week or every other week, but we are indigenous, so these shows are going to show up on indigenous time, and we'll get into you as soon as we can. These shows are going to evolve, and over time, we might try other things. So, buy the ticket, sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. And for this podcast, our hostesses with the mostesses will be... All-around Renaissance woman, Angela Starks. Writer, director, actress, extraordinaire Candace Bird. Film critic Jason A. Snap. And Tully. So welcome to the first episode of Real Indigenous. For this first season, we're going to talk about a phenomenally amazing Indigenous TV show called Reservation Dogs. If you haven't seen it, why are you listening to us? Go steal your cousin's Hulu password and watch. Then come back. We'll We'll be be here. In our first episode, we're going to chat with two of the stars of Reservation Dogs. Here with me now is our Uncle Tully. And that smooth voice you hear is that of Candace Bird. And she's about to bring some interview skills. That's got Oprah Winfrey taking notes. These two cats have a musical career on top of their acting skills. We're going to talk a lot about their music and a little bit about their acting. So here they are. On TV, you know them as Moe's and Miko. Some of you know them as Little Mike and Funny Bone. And we all know them as Mike Bone. What up? I'm Lil Mike. I'm Funny Bone. Together we are Mike Bone. And we are rappers, actors, little comedians, (laughs) 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 and um, motivational speakers, you name it, we've probably done it. So, Oklahoma City, born and raised. All right, cool, man. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's kind of just uh, jump right in and talk about that kind of a lowdown of like, where you come from, what your humble beginnings is. You know, you guys were in northern Oklahoma City, I believe, right? Yes, sir. All right, tell us what that was like growing up and, and how, how, how you got to where you are. Yeah, we always lived in low-income communities. Um, the hood. The hood. And, you know, just being raised by a single parent after, you know, running away from an abusive parent. So there was that. And then public schools did a number on us. <laughs> so... Anybody who knows about inner urban city public schools knows what's going down. So that's why we have a hood accent. Just a heads up for everybody out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah hood slash country accent. I don't know. That's why we, uh, in some of our music, we say the city is my res. Yeah, just uh, I was a very bad child. I had to get therapy. And um, in the process of doing therapy, they told me to write out my problems. And I used to draw and do poetry. And then when I was not shy enough, I did poetry on stage. And then I also used to, uh, I started dancing like Michael Jackson. And then some little kid was like, yo, I liked your rap. That was good. And I was like, hmm, I think I should try rapping. So everybody knew him as Lil Mike, Lil Michael Jackson, sitting there on stage doing the hee hee. 
<laughs> that's awesome man so yeah yeah so like uh so they said they called which call, call you, they called you little michael jackson and then that just translated to little mike is that right yeah that's right that's cool and just about the what year was that bone thugs and harmony like 96 yeah 1996 yeah yeah bone thugs and harmony was real big and I'd jump in and be doing his uh what do you call it uh, his breaks while he was switching out the tapes yeah you're trying to you're kind of hype man you're this hype man and so i got the name funny bone because i'll do something funny on stage or i'll say a joke and funny bone just stuck and then i slowly started jumping in on rapping and that's how it happened <laughs> that's sweet that's perfect and uh i don't know if i asked but um you know we, we all know you're native um kind of tell what what tribes are you guys again pawnee and chopped tall, but not tall <laughs> not tall at all <laughs> yeah 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 i'm chopped out too man so i was like oh man that, that, that was my kid folk right there so like it's always good whenever i see y'all up there man i'm like oh yeah i like to see y'all making it big and stuff like that because i'm chopped out always want to get that Choctaw support. So so the, the lyrics, is that kind of like uh, Lil Mike, are you mostly writing lyrics or do you both write lyrics now? Yeah, we both write our own pretty much. And we'll, we'll collaborate if he needs help with a line or I need help with a line. We will like spit it to each other and be like, yo, maybe you should say it like this. Yeah. And that's sweet that it kind of came from poetry because I, I didn't know that about you guys. And so you like know, uh, like kids who, who are like... Uh, like oh, I hate I hate reading I hate writing and all that stuff you know uh rap is a form of poetry yes, and if you, if you if you write it right man you're you're like you're like bumping some Shakespeare type stuff you know <laughs> oh trust me we've got some lines like that definitely um just gotta dive into our music uh catalog man we have over 200 songs online everywhere and we got exclusive tracks on our website that are exclusively on the website. And then free downloads too. So everybody take advantage of that. It's mikebonemedia.com. And uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff we've been working on. We got stickers and t-shirts. That's cool, man. 200 songs. That's like, that's a lot of writing, man. That's a lot of work. I mean, like, there's like a lot of cats out there who, who like, even like if you were like, uh, say even Michael Jackson or somebody like that, they haven't, I don't think they've had that many songs. And that's, that, that's a lot of hustle that you put in yeah. there. And most of it, it's all good to me. Like every time I hear your lyrics, like every time I hear your songs, I'm like, yeah, man, that's it. Mike Bone right there. So something we did as um, recording artists is like back in the day before CDs, there was cassette tapes and cassette tapes had 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. And we would, we would want to fill up that whole 60 minute. Yeah. And then CDs came and it was 120 minutes. So we was like, we filled it up. <laughs> we was like, we gotta fill this whole thing up. We, so what people artist get... do you know puts like 22 songs on an album? Yeah, every album we put at least like 20 songs. Right. And uh, recently somebody was like, yo, uh, put your stuff on a vinyl and we'll buy it. And I was like, I don't know if we could fit all of our music on a vinyl. Those are like those double albums from back in the day, you know, like uh, Pink Floyd and them, they had like double albums okay. of the wall because they didn't have enough minutes. So that's like four sides of music. You guys would probably have to like quadruple albums or something. You know? yeah. <laughs> so it, it would be a couple of a uh, couple of those records. Yeah, I think it was like a six six record type of thing. I was like, mm. that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if somebody does it, man, y'all should put it out there because vinyl's happening right now. A lot of kids are digging on that stuff, you know. It's cool. So you started out as like your form of therapy. You're writing your poetry. 
and you're about how old were you when I, when 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 you when you started doing that? Oh, I was I was about no, I was ten. Well, even before then, like <clears throat> I was provided school services before then, so so like about seven, maybe five. I've always been seeing like a school counselor, or then like seven or then ten. It was quite obligated because you know I kind of did somebody very violently, <laughs> and so yeah. they gave me um, the the state recommended me a, a therapist, and so did that thing for a while, and then church, yeah, church, and then um, what's it called, community service, yeah, that helped a lot because it helped me be in service for someone else who couldn't be in service because it was at an old old folks home. So yeah, it was it, it it showed how I could be of service to someone who didn't have the ability to do that. And I was like, yo, this is kind of cool. I'm so it was little steps like that that was kind of teaching me a different path and so helped me get out of my evil ways. Yeah, I mean that sounds good. I mean, like again, it's that whole thing of like your talent, your expressionism was helping get you get you out of that and, and you were finding a different place to put that whatever you want to call it, anger or, 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 or hurt or whatever it is that, that you were experiencing. While Lil Mike's going through all that, what was your, uh, what was, what were you going through while, while you were seeing him experiencing these things? I didn't really get to see too much of it because it was, you know, mom was handling it. I just yeah. lived my life. I was a little kid, so I was yeah. watching cartoons and <laughs> eating candy. Shoot, I don't know. Yeah, enjoying it. <laughs> enjoying the good life. <laughs> And so, and so, yeah, and so then, you know, moms helped you out, and moms probably a big important part of this process too. You know, you got to give shout out to those single moms, you know, who, who are there for you, man. When did Funny Bone start coming in? So how how old were you guys when that started happening? When it was both you and Funny Bone. Both started at twelve. So, okay. Two and five years later, ninety-seven, I jumped in and we released our first album straight out of OKC. <laughs> and that's spelled all kinds of ghetto. And you can get that <laughs> on our website. It's, yeah, okay. it's exclusively on our website. Straight out of OKC is our first album together. And there's throwbacks. Let us know what you think about, you know, something that we released in, what, 90? Was it 98, 97? Almost 97, yeah. I want to say 97, 98. Yeah, late 1997. Well, okay, I'll put it like this. We, we released it in 97 on cassette tape. And then somebody put us on to how we could put that on CD. And we were like, CDs? At the time, we were like, we were like this CDs is not going to take off. We were like, These things look breakable. Yeah. <laughs> so when you guys did your first album, y'all were some young cats then. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, I started out on a cassette tape uh, karaoke machine. And I would record the first tape. And then take that first take and switch it around and record my first take onto a different tape. And that's how I would do overdubs or whatever. And you you could hear the hiss off of the yeah. second. Uh, once we figured out, you know, how to do it on a computer, man, we, we was changing the game. We had a, a program called Hip Hop EJ and it had like these Tetris beats that you could put mm -hmm. on each other. And after a while, Funny Bone figured it out like, yo, you could reverse this. And you can shrink it, and then you can chop it up and add some different things to it. I made beats for he, a cool little minute. He made that program do things it wasn't supposed to do. Yeah, I shocked people that had the program, and right. I told them 
I made this beat off of whatever. And they were like, really? You made this off of that? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It just blew people's minds. Then we, I want to say, we had a little taste of in, in the Big Things album because we had so many features. There's only two songs on that album that are just us. But we had so many features on that that we had the experience of recording at different places. And once we started getting knowledge of how good studio makes us sound, we were like, I think we should just do studio stuff. Got to invest. Mm-hmm. Make it sound the best. Got to invest. So, do you have your own studio, like in your house? Not yet, but um, it's, it's, it's a good feeling to... Pay someone for someone, pay someone for a craft that they're knowledgeable in versus me. I'm like, I put it on there I'm like, yeah, it needs something, but I don't know what it needs. But like a, a actual studio engineer will be like, hey, you should do it like this or wait, listen to how I, what I do to this next. And then tell me if you like it or not. And we're just like, okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just the whole, we love the studio process. It, it costs a lot more, but. In the end, I feel like it, it's better. Worth you it. have a second opinion uh, of someone going, you should probably do this or you should probably sing it this way instead of that way, then it might sound better. All right, let's talk about Reservation Dogs. I wanted to talk a little bit about your characters, Moses and Miko on Reservation Dogs. I wanted to ask you, um, so it's obvious that, you know, rapping and hip hop um, has it's influenced and shaped your trajectory as artists, as a native artist. And I wanted to ask you, mm-hmm. how did hip hop influence those characters? What you brought to, to Moe's and Miko as well? I, I, I think it's basically the res version of us. That's what we basically portray in Reservation Dog. Uh, so it's pretty much our story, but just from the res. <laughs> yeah i wanted to ask you like was the, i imagine there wasn't that big of a difference uh, there is a difference usually between like urban natives and rural natives did you do you find it to be like because i know you, you are we're in oklahoma city like you're still sound, surrounded by rural areas so i know you all have been there you've been to powwows I, i've seen you guys uh, you guys came to cherokee holiday powwows and swear i saw you guys <laughs> imagine like i guess that's more of an observation than a question i guess that i imagine there wasn't too big of a leap to make from like urban natives to like rural rural native portrayal because yeah we we've been uh, we hung around with a lot of res folks so i mean we've been around for a while and we know how to do the accent slight little twinge like i said we played us as the res version so i mean it wasn't too much i mean we when we first filmed a couple of first takes we we tried to do a res accent and um the director was like, yeah, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Just be you. Oh, <laughs> what, what res accent were you, were you trying to do? Like, like um, smoke signal style. Oh, let's, oh, let's okay. hear some of it. Let's hear some of it. <laughs> let's hear what you guys are doing. So, dang, they came through here straight blasting. They straight blasted. <laughs> As your characters, did you get to improv a lot of your lines then? Uh, yeah, we got to improv our lines um only a couple times mm-hmm. there was a couple times where they had us improv but then they were like let's stick to what the script said mm-hmm. and so um which was kind of cool because like when you film it three different ways you don't know what they're going to choose when it gets on tv or whatever so that was kind of cool 
Were you all happy with like a? Because there are a few times, of course, where your characters are rapping. Like, were you all were you happy with the takes that they chose? It was cool. It wasn't bad, but I mean, we might have switched it up a little bit here and there, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, man, because the the rap that you do on the show was that rap that you wrote, or was that rap that was already written? Um, so the the songs that we chose, we have already done. Mm-hmm. Um, besides the freestyle at the very end of the episode, that was actually written from us uh, all together. Matter of fact, we all ghostwrited each other. Even White Steve had his own say, so some of that was ours. And also Bone Thug, um, the the bigger ending guy on the bad guy side, helped White Steve a little bit too. But yeah, Pop Pop was a song that we created in '97 or '95. It was around 1995, '97. Somewhere around there, but it, it's on the Doing Big Things album. Okay, yeah, so that's more of a classic hit because, like, I listened to it recently. I think just because of that show, like I said, it sounds like it would it, it would have been pressed today if you if you just listened to it didn't know the, the history of it. How did you get to be being on Reservation Dogs? How did that happen? Due to the COVID nineteen, <laughs> we uh, we had to shut down all our touring pretty much. Yeah, all the shows we had booked for the year of twenty twenty and that just killed our pockets, killed the bank account, and we needed to pay the bills. Shoot. So our manager called with that opportunity. He said, there's this paying gig for, uh, what is it, acting mm-hmm. for? He said, they're, uh, they're having auditions for a movie in Tulsa. And um, so we were like, yeah, let's, it's just an audition. We'll try out for it. <clears throat> yeah, We got the script. Then it had a bunch of cussing in it. And we don't really like promoting cussing. So uh, we called the folks and asked them about it and told them we'd like to clean it up. They said, do it. Make it your own. You know, do it how you guys want. And we'll check it out. And they turned it out to love it. So I said, it's exactly what they need. Yeah, that is cool, man. That's cool. Because you're like one of the highlights. To me, it's a highlight of the show is when I see you guys come riding up and, and, you know, have your little appearance. And it's almost like you guys are kind of, you, you guys are actually the instigators of the of the whole series, basically. <laughs> so you're an important part of that thing. And the idea that you're not cussing because the whole show is everybody's cussing. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> right. probably like a welcome relief for some people, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like when we filmed the pilot, it wasn't backed by anyone at that point in time besides, um, the first people that backed it or whatever, but like when they hit us back and said Disney picked it up, I was like, Disney? Didn't this didn't this show have like the F word in every two seconds? I was like, why is Disney on it? Yeah. That's cool, but which just blew our mind like Disney would pick it up. Yeah, yeah. I'm just waiting for the uh, Disney World to have the reservation dogs ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Reds. Run from the dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody gets shot with paint guns and stuff. <laughs> so I'm rewatching the series. And uh, one of the things I didn't catch the first time that I caught the second time was that the whole Indian Mafia versus um, the Res dogs, like, you guys kind of started it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's just that one, one or two comments. And it starts off the whole story for the whole season that's that's pretty much how different reses is or even just small town communities it's always one person starting rumors yeah and and then everybody's all like oh did you hear about that person blah 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 and i was just like (laughs) the word gets around town real quick Mm -hmm. so somebody's got a problem with so and so we just happen to be the ones that 
break the news. <laughs> Matter of fact, um, this year our bookings have picked up on reservations. So that's new to us because we're used to these small cities or big cities promoting the show. But like on the reservations, it's just word of mouth. So we're like, yo, do you got a flyer? Do you got this? And blah, blah, blah. And they're like, uh, no, we just emailed people and they know about it. Or we put a, we put up one flyer. It's not even a flyer. It's like the words at an ending clinic and the words getting around. <laughs> we're like, I'm pretty sure that's not how it's done, but okay. But I mean, it, we're new to the, the reservation game. So we're used to trying to put out big major looking flyers and stuff like that so yeah different that's, different that's real cool where all of you have been asked to go Woo, uh, gosh so <laughs> we just got back from oh, oakland we look at my pine pilot <laughs> yeah it was oakland california we just did oh, and gosh. we're going to Coraline, idaho <gasps> is coming up and then we got the minnesota what it's called menomen minnesota i don't know if i'm saying it right but the Shooting Star Casino, then there's a school called the Waban School. Good Lord. Then the Tower Sports Center in Minnesota. So, I mean, we would like to have a flyer to promote, post it on all our social medias. But a lot of these you know, resi shows don't really put nothing together like that. So they just kind of book us. And I was like, treat it like a powwow. Hey. <laughs> Are they usually like youth audiences? Yeah, uh, well, funny thing is, somebody came up, up to us and was like, yo, what's your what's your niche, what's your range or whatever, and we don't know. It's because it's always different. Like, yeah, yeah. It could be a, a group of old people. Or a baby. Or like, <laughs> just, just one baby. Parents are shocked because they've never they're, seen their baby act like that to music. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. like, they don't know what it is, but. Yeah, like, that's the spirit, the great spirit in our music. Yeah, we've been booked for old folks' homes many times, so it's just like in our head we're like, "Why?" And I was like, "Oh, probably because we scream and they can hear." Hey, <laughs> do the rain dance, Charlie. Do the rain dance. I can hear them. <laughs> <laughs> it's so many different ages that love our music, and even people that don't like rap will well, we love our music. Yeah, just because of our writing style uh, mm. person. Uh, we choose to to mimic melodies, either like if it was a rock song or a country song or a pop. blues or pop, yeah. pop music. And so underneath it's hip hop or on top it's hip hop, but underneath it's got like a different vibe to it. So people will be like, I don't even like rap, but I like this song for some reason. All the time mm. we get people walking up to us saying, saying the same thing. They don't listen to hip hop, but you guys are awesome. Y'all's music, there's something about y'all's music. That's all they say. Yeah, man. To me, part of that would be like positive messaging that you guys got going on. You you and like a lot of native rappers is kind of focusing on more of our positive aspects. And like even just recently, you guys did like this uh, this this song about the uh, murder of missing indigenous women. One of the things too is like you guys are like religiously focused, which is which is like also a thing that people dig on. And so, yeah. so if you could chat about that and let us know, you know, what that's about, what you guys are doing with that. We like to be different. And uh, I mean, the, the, the music industry is already filled up with too many people that is pushing, like you said, the same anyway, stuff. So we like to flip it up and also reflect our lifestyle. 
we're not into all that. We don't want to fake a front for nobody. So we living and spitting what we've been through and what we go through yeah. and how we approach things just to teach people. You don't have to go out there and be like that, you know, and you can party and have fun without all the drugs, without all the sex and drinking and all that. Right. So, so yeah, that was something that I, I, I learned a long time ago is I, I joined up with a Culture Shock Camp, which is a group of hip hop um, people and they would go and battle rap and do events and stuff like that. And like a, a, a lot of stuff that I noticed is like when you would freestyle against somebody or with somebody, their whole story of how they approach certain subjects just does not sound like who they are. And so I was like, I never want to sound like that. I never want to be like, I'm rocking the gold chains. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be like, I don't even like gold. <laughs> a shoestring, I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I mean, going to say, I you guess... prefer turquoise? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's that authenticity that's shining through. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. like, a, and like, talk about your experience with Culture Shock, because that's a Brian Fijo and them, right? When, yeah. when you guys were out there? What's okay, up? that's that, that's like family right there. Yeah, matter of fact, uh, we did an event a couple years ago, and somebody came up and was like, "Man, y'all some mother effing vampires," and we were like, "What?" <laughs> and they was like, "Man, I'm all of y'all." Like when I was real young in high school, he goes, "And y'all still look the same." <laughs> I was like, "Ah, okay." That's why he called us a vampire. Mm -hmm. Cause he was like, uh, Brian, Keith, you guys, y'all ain't aged one bit. And look at me. <laughs> and I was like, that's that favor from Creator. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Mm. That, that's that Pawnee blood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of your music and your work, and like at the beginning, you know, you kind of like uh, were kind of like DIY, doing it yourself kind of stuff, where you was, you know, using the uh, the programs that were on a, on a computer. How did you guys get to, to doing that stuff? So See, our mother, it was divine intervention. It had to be because <laughs> our mom, she, she uh, signed up for a bank and, uh, giveaway, uh, yeah. a bank account. And one of the things was if you sign up for a card, you enter to win a, a computer. It was a one all-in-one Dell this time. Uh, she didn't think nothing of it. She just, you know, she'd sign it. off and get the card and whatever. And they called her back and said we won. And we was like, oh, snap. So she ended up, she bought the, the program. And she um, she likes to test out things before she gives she gifts them. So she was testing out the program. And the first beat that she made, we kept it to the side and was like, yo, we're going to use this beat one day. We're going to write to surprise. It. We're yeah. going to surprise her. And ended up making a Mother's Day song to it. And Get ready to cry. And so, um, it turned out really awesome. Uh, the beat is real smooth. Like I said, it's made by a mom. And we surprised her with it. But yeah, she, she just won a computer. And then oh, the microphone we found at a dollar store. It was a it was like a headpiece thing that you stick in your on your ear. And then the microphone was right here. Yeah. And you plug it into a, a receiver. And whatever you say goes to the radio. But it, it was name brand. It was name brand. And I was like, we could use that as a microphone. And then... We put a sock over it, used that as a pop filter, and we was just rocking. And I was like, yo, that's even better than my karaoke mic. Let's, let's do this. Let's just use this. We did our first couple of albums off of that after uh, after the year 2000. A lot of people can't even tell. It was a $5 microphone from the dollar store. 
Yeah, yeah, man, that's hype. That's hype. I dig that. I, that part I didn't know about y'all because that's that's like that is so cool. And again, like I said, it's it's this thing about like all these uh, combined elements that make that make y'all who y'all are today. And without them, you know, what would it be? And then, like, the big thing is, again, like, it's it's like, you know, your parents and those who support you and care about you and love you, and so they're doing all these things for us. And like you said, it was luck that you got that computer. Yeah. But it was still, you got that computer. And it was, like you said, divine, if you want to say it's divine intervention. We've had lots of divine intervention moments. Like, the rain dance car in the music video, we found mm-hmm. that car. The used dealership, it, it was, it looked like it was in bad shape. But when we popped that hood, we were like, this don't look too bad, though. It looked clean. It's nice. Um, So we were like, yo, let's let's have the guy come over here. We'll complain about every little bitty thing. Pulling out every little dent and ding. <laughs> see what he'll sell it to us for. And he was all like, well, that back dent is not coming out. And you need to replace the lights and the, the top of the, the roof. On the inside headliner, yeah, it was headliner was all down. damaged. So we were like, uh, what's the cheapest you can give us for this? And he was like, I could do twelve hundred. And my mom was like, make it nine hundred and we'll pay it off. He was like, All right, we'll do that, nine hundred. And we we got a car just like that. And it was a good car. Had a lot of miles on it, but it was a good car. <laughs> it lasted for a while. It, it drove through a flood. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> wow, like, dang. Over the hood, we shouldn't have done the rain dance that day. Oh, we danced. <laughs> yeah, it didn't stop. It kept going. So, yeah, that was that was good memories of that car. So, like, so you know, that was your beginning process. I was just like trying to find what you can to to record your albums by any means necessary, kind of thing. So, from that to what you're doing now, where you're in these big studios making, uh, you know, like these these really good albums with really good producers and everything. Kind of talk to us about that process of your work, like how you get to from like creating your 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 songs to to where you're creating the beat. You're, I'm assuming you you both create the beats. Is that correct? I'm producer. I used to make some beats back in the day, but uh, I haven't made them in years. That was when we had that program he was talking about, and we found a producer over the years, and his beats just man, his beats and us just go together perfectly, man. He makes hits and we, we put lyrics to it. So we like to write to the beat because the beat gives you it gives you the right melody to write for the beat. Yeah, I'd say there's a song hidden in the beat. You gotta find it basically. Right. Which is like the pop pop track that's on mm-hmm. Res Dogs. Everybody tries to say we're biting off of Bone Thugs and Harmony, but if you listen to that beat, that it just sounds like a Bone Thugs and Harmony beat. So we was like, it's the kind of there's song. no other way to write to that song besides a bone style. Yeah, any other way would be wrong. So we had to get it. And I mean, nobody owns like a style, period. Yeah, Bone Thugs was the, one of the biggest artists to push that style. But that's not to say that anybody else wasn't doing it in their closet. Everybody's got to borrow something from somebody. But we, we, we make it our own because that's we, our vibe. Fist in the Air uh, song for The Missing and Murdered, we based that off of California styles just because um, we were like, you know, the gang culture for the NWA and the West Side Connection um, really, it like drawed people in uh, to that style of music, emboldened them to actually want to be gang members or whatever. And I was like, let's make a song like that for The Missing and Murdered because we we were listening for ideas of a tribute song and Every song that we found, we were like, it's yeah. so it's so sappy, it's so tiring, it's it's just sad. It's sad. 
I don't want it to be sad. I want it to be like a war cry. Yeah. And be like, join us and let's do this. And so we came across the right beat, started playing with hooks, and then found the right hook. And it's a revolution type song. It's, it's, it's a cry to, to make change and to stand up and make change. It's, it's something to grab people's attention. Just spread awareness. It's called Fist in the Air. It's uh, one of our first singles we ever released. Fist in the Air, online, everywhere right now. We're actually working on a new video for the uh, Fist in the Air song. Uh, we're collaborating with the MMI Dub bike run of this cool. year. And uh, he's got footage from his whole bike run across the states. And he's going to merge it with video of us at the First Americans Museum. He's going to make a new tribute video just to keep continue spread spread awareness. Right. And uh, also we're working on, always working on new music. Yes. Um. With all that, with all that, what is it called? COVID relief fund money. Yeah. Able to buy some extra beats that we normally couldn't. It was either studio time or beats. And we were like, let's buy beats. And then that way, after we get off all of this, because studio time was a little bit more expensive than the beats that we were buying. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, let's rack up on some beats so we're we're working on different songs i think we're working on a couple eight songs process for us when we write a song it, it normally uh we just we're so judgmental it might not be on the album i would say there's about 10 songs that we recorded that we aren't pleased with that we want to we're just kind of sitting back like how can we make this better how can we make this work do we need to spit it differently do we need to write change up some of the words yeah. so like or what for us we're like you know what push it to the side let's sit on it for a while maybe it'll come to us in a dream or on the toilet no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> best ideas <laughs> but like yeah and then you know it'll it'll come to us because we've had a couple of songs that we sat on for a minute and then when it it actually came to us we were like oh this is it because um, the Love Amazing song was like that. We sat on that for years. Mm. Um, Wifey was another one. We sat on that one for years. Both. And that one was recorded three different times. Those are both hit songs, especially with the ladies. Uh, Love Amazing <laughs> and Wifey. Uh, go look it up on YouTube. We also have a song called They Don't Want It that I didn't want on the album. <laughs> yeah. It was like a split decision. We had a listening party. Half of the people loved it. Half of the people hated it. And we were like, I'm like, yo, it shouldn't be on the album. He's like, man, just, I mean, the verses go hard. It had that that new age rap sound. And the hook had another artist that was featured on a track. And he just had, what would you call that sound? I don't know. Annoying? <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it was just different. It was too different for me, and I, I didn't like it, but it grew on me. I don't hate it as much as I used to, but at first I was like, yeah, this is no, this is a no for me. <laughs> it's catchy. It's catchy, and it's different. That's what I like about it, because everybody is always trying to criticize us, saying all we do is the crunk music, but if you go look at just one of our albums, maybe five out of 20 tracks are crunk, actual crunk music or whatever. Yeah. So, so yeah, we we try to we try to mix it up. If we could find a rock band, we'll do some rock music. That sounds awesome, man. I dig man, that. I love to hear y'all do the, the the rock <laughs> stuff, man. That'd be like that'd be hype, man. Like uh like you know, Ice T back in the day. Remember, he had that metal band for a little while. Yeah, yeah. man. But matter of fact, we went live on TikTok and um, we were just playing around. Actually, we were riding home, and um, a rock 
rock beat came on and we were we were playing around with singing rain dance as a Metallica song. <gasps> oh, yeah. Like, Shorty do the rain dance. Do the rain dance, Shorty. We like I can hear it, dude. I can sing it, man. Dang, I'm gonna have to find y'all on TikTok. Right, do the rain dance, shout it. We were just like, <laughs> it was just, we were just going off, and somebody was like, "Yo, please record that, please." Yes. Yeah, yeah. For real, man. For real, right. man. If we find the right band, we'll definitely knock out some tracks. Yeah. All right. Yes, Y'all- please do because, uh man, like, I feel like my household, like my brother, was very much into hip hop and rap, and my sister was more into emo and metal metal music, and so I feel like. That's where a lot of uh, native native kids like it was like those were the two separate camps. It's like you were either emo and metal. <laughs> my boyfriend is emo and metal, and uh, then my brother who just loved hip hop and loved rap, and you know introduced me to like Nelly and. But then he also knew my temperament, so he was like, "Here's some Usher to go along with it too." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, a lot of my screaming stuff is based off of rock music, so it's just like. People were like, are you trying to copy Lil John? Are you trying to copy this? I'm like, actually, I was kind of writing my thing like if I was the guitar and I was just like, I was trying to sound like a guitar, actually. And then put some words on that. But like I said, that's how we write. We we try to do different styles and on a hip hop beat. I just hope you're able to, I hope you're able to do that too. <laughs> Oh, have, yeah. like represent I said, I both right yeah for real yeah yeah if we, if we had the right band we've we've came across some but like if it was the right band the ones that just know the style that we're going for and can do it and pull it off man and hopefully their name's not tarnished by something wild rock version they all got in a fight for some reason and the band broke up that was the closest we've ever been to a rock version of rain dance but like we went to dallas we recorded it and then he's all like yeah we'll get it done in about a month a month later he's like the band broke up <laughs> dang i'm like dang what do y'all do that's why we don't drink <laughs> yeah, those, those metal cats, man, they, they be kind of crazy. Uh, my my friend, um, they have a band called Medicine Horse. I might have them have you guys reach out to them and see if, if that's something to do. It's a uh, Nico Albert and Kyle Williams. Some other cats that we are been chopping it up with about doing some songs is um, the Ocella Brothers. Grant uh, used to be a blues band, but now they do you know a little bit of everything yeah yeah that'd be tight man because what i'd like to see from you guys is like an anthology of different styles so yeah. that would be something different to do something new you know like different like you do some metal you do some rap you do some blues maybe even some jazz you know just like all these different kind of forms of music and just showing how like you can how how they can interchange interact and mix with one another you know what i'm saying right yeah I, matter of fact yeah we was telling somebody that the other day uh, a, a singer actually she was saying um she don't know what style she wants to do her album in and we were like yo be versatile yes which i was like get, get them all do yeah. techno do edm do you know some slow jams do some you know out of the box like hip-hop rap r&b stuff and then switch it up and do some country that's what people love <laughs> most about our albums is they're so versatile it's- 
Not, yeah. not every song sounds the same, so it's dope. Yeah, yeah, and, and nowadays, if you listen to country music, there's there's a few of them that's doing rap over like the country country beat. So so and and, and they're uh, crossing over with hip hop too, right? Because uh, uh, yeah. old country road, right? It's like yeah. one of them. Yeah. We are, we're working on one. That's a it's a love song. Um, we might get uh, Marty Brown on it, maybe, maybe yeah. Marty Brown if. If everything works out as planned, we'll have a country singer on there. If not, we'll be we'll be the singers. But we're working we're working some things out. Kind of share yeah. with us again, like what's what you got going on, things to shout out about, and all that good stuff. Yeah, so we got merch on our website. All of our bookings will be uh, available or to look for at our website, mikebonemedia.com. You can get free music. Uh, you can support us on our albums. You can support us with our merchandise. Yeah, share it, share the info with any places that might be interested in bringing us out so you can see us in your town. If you're just looking for the direct links to our streaming platforms or our websites or social media platforms, go to mikebonemedia.com. At the very top, you'll see the logo for whatever you're looking for, and that's where we are. Um, that'll be our official pages and whatnot. And, oh, season two, Reservation Dogs, coming soon. Yes. No, we don't know the date, so... Yes. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> We're ready to give it to you. I will tell you this. If you love us on Res Dogs, you will love us even more on our YouTube channel. We have behind the scenes footage of me and this fool acting a fool. Go to Mike Bone Music on YouTube. Like he said, all the links are at our website. Yeah, thanks for doing that on YouTube too, man. Because like I, w- I went to that and I got to see a lot of that behind the scenes stuff. And that yeah. stuff was so good, man, to see what was going on. <laughs> because like... I'm just like, Candace and I both, we're just super hyped about this show. I mean, it's like as Indian as you can get. Mm. And just the scene, everybody, it just make, man, it just makes you like feel good about yourself. Like, oh, there's not my native yeah. doing my native stuff. Much love, much love. Man, it's been a long time coming. We're just trying to stay working. That's all it was. Uh, and stay authentic because uh, a mm-hmm. lot of record deals have thrown us offers over the years. We've been offered a million dollars just to sign. And we had to turn it down because when you read the contracts, it's pretty bad. So it's yeah. like 12 years of slavery, basically. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. And that, and so, yeah, man, again, it's an indie thing. And that's what's going, that's what's hype right now. It's like, I'm surprised that not everybody's just doing whatever they want to do with their music. Like you said, like your friends saying, I don't know what to do. What You don't have to do what style. You just do whatever you want because there's a place out there for it. Yeah. And with, with the, how the future has evolved so much, the outlets that we had back in the day ain't like today. There's so many different ways that you can do everything for yourself mm-hmm. to the point where you all you have to do is take an online course. It's or too easy. Just learn the programs up and down and you'll have exactly what you need. You got the whole world in your hand, basically. And you can <laughs> record everything and edit it all from your house in the palm of your hand. But I mean, it's, it's, it's all if people want it or not. I mean, they got to do the work. It's not easy, but life ain't easy. Right. And if somebody's handed, if somebody's giving you handouts, man, don't trust it. Don't because you won't not only is it just, you know, like, hey, I could put you on over here, I could put you on over here. With how easy that is, it might be it might Take lose advantage. your passion for it because oh. you didn't work for it. As hard as we pushed and kept pushing, yeah. we have a we have a uh, different type appreciation. of appreciation yes. for how where we are right now because of how long it took to get there, right? Versus somebody just handing it to you and you just treating it like 
You're just too bougie for everything. And one thing we'd like to tell people is uh, if you notice our music is all clean, positive, quality content, no nonsense. Whatever you are trying to do, we'd like to push, put a purpose to it, a greater feeling and greater energy when you put purpose into your work. And all our stuff is speaking life into people's life and changing people's lives for the better. Yeah, uh, one way I was like saying somebody else, like a beat, uh, someone who does beat work will refuse to bead when she has a, a, a different kind of mood to her. And so we try to do that with our music is like, and hey, today's not a good day to record this song. I got an energy to myself that I don't feel comfortable with. And the energy you put out or the energy that you put into your craft also reflects out. So be careful what you make. Man, that sounds good, man. That's that's some, that's some yeah. like a deep, deep stuff. Yeah. So again, brothers, man, I appreciate yeah. it. I appreciate y'all yeah, showing you. up and, uh, this album just came out, right? It's called Beat of the Drum. So where can we find that? Find that album and other music? Everywhere. It's online everywhere. iTunes, uh, Spotify, you name it. And exclusive tracks are at MikeBoneMedia.com. Uh, that album has 17 tracks alone. So we are featuring all kinds of indigenous artists on that album. Young Buffalo Horse, Superman is on there. Sten Jotty, Reservation Dogs, he's on there. I mean, there's it's a lot of dope tracks on that album. All right, man, we're hyped, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check this Sweet. album out, man, because like, uh, like you too. know, I dig you guys, man. You cats been, like, I've been knowing you for a while, and I'm like, oh, man, you guys are, like, just hitting it up, making it happen. And I appreciate you being on here, man, and, and just being an inspiration to everybody. Is there uh, anything else more that you need to say before we uh, go off? Yeah, put some uh, smoke and prayers up for us, uh, for our health as we take this journey. I mean, we're getting a lot busier. We need to be in our best health for our family and our finances, everything. Just, you know, prayers up for us. I mean, if if you can support or share that would be dope. All right, brothers. We'll take do. care, man. I appreciate it, yeah. man. Candace, you got some last words? I'm so excited to see you guys in the in reservation or in the season two. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. So, <laughs> All right, so man. Y'all be easy. Have a good day. You too. You too. She in love with the made away drums. I see the way you move it. She in love with the made away drums. Go ahead, girl. Do it. She in love That's with the made it. drums. Special thanks to our guests, Mike Bone. A lot of cool things going on in the indigenous world. Don't forget to listen to Mike Bone music. There's plenty out there. You can find them on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever all good music is heard. Check out their website, MikeBoneMedia.com, to check tour dates, as well as buy some music and merch, and just fan out. And definitely check them out on Reservation Dogs, and check us out next week as we do a deep dive discussion on episode one. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Same Indigenous time, same Indigenous channel. Don't just keep it real, keep it real Indigenous. When I keep it up in the baseline, it's humming, no make no assumption. You feeling no front, and I'm coming with something to toughen your ears of destruction. I stay subbing, you gon' spread that sound. Got that pound that'll shake the ground. Even Lil Jock couldn't turn it down. You gon' hear me riding through your town. That's just how I get down. Haters be hating, but we still make them bounce. She in love with the made away drums. I see the way you move it. She in love with the made away drums. Go ahead, girl, do it. She in love with the made away drums. New shoes with the polo dress. She ain't came in for no romance. Come with Z. Drop, she gon' go so ham.